Welcome to the Just Being Honest podcast. This is your host, KB. I'm a lifestyle designer, intuitive healer, and a creator of a wellness workspace called the KB Apothecary. Welcome to my world. We're cultivating a lifestyle environment based with quality of consciousness for all, here to unveil your authentic truth. What does that mean? Listen in to find out because we are all multi hyphenate beings. So join me on the ride. It's getting deep. Have you ever felt like you were just simply not from this universe, the current universe that you are standing with your feet on the ground right now? I think hopefully a lot of us conscious beings can all relate on that subject. Um, That brings me to my guest today. Really cool conversation that I had with her. She is one of a kind. You know when you just connect with someone and you are just like, You know, if I didn't have this podcast, we never probably would have ever met before, but here we are. That is why I so joyfully love having a podcast and being able to connect with like-minded individuals and even sometimes unlike-minded individuals. So that brings me to my guest today. We literally, I had to push play and you'll find out the beginning of the hour because we just started talking and we got together and it was just like, this huge jabber fest. So today my guest, Carrie Hummingbird, the coolest name ever, ever. I mean, like seriously, whenever I think of hummingbirds, they are superpowers, like our little superheroes, right? Um, so Carrie Hummingbird, the superpower, superhuman woman is here to the show. Um, I'm stumbling over my words. Can you tell? Can you tell? I think because the sun has not come out today, there's a lingering just vibe outside. I don't know. I'm not having it. I'm still going, but I don't know what time of day it is, to be honest with you. I think it's forest fire air, wildfire air, whatever. But wherever you are in the United States, in the world, I hope you are safe. I hope you are healthy. I hope you are feeling quite content with your life where you are. But anyways, today on the show, Carrie and I really just, as I mentioned before, we dive in deep. We talk about how to navigate the soul's curriculum. Yes, right? Did you know your soul had a curriculum? More on that. How to peel back the layers to unveil who you really are. You know, I'm all about unveiling your authentic truth, your authenticity. I believe that your inner authority is your guidance, your guide, your your leader into this thing we called L-I-F-E, life. Um, we talk about healing the mother wound. That's a big one. She wrote a book all about it. Um, we go more in depth on that. So if you thought you had daddy problems, well, it may be that you have some mommy issues too. And just uh, kind of unveiling what that exactly means. We talk about how to heal and love yourself. I think that is probably one of the most pivotal points we could have in life. How to heal and love yourself. Because it's an ongoing practice each and every second of the day. And then finally, amongst many other things that we talk about, we really focus on how to unblock stuck emotions and about just how stuck emotions 
really can manifest in your body and how they can kind of transpire and transform into different things, different ailments, here we go, illnesses and um, chronic illnesses that we don't want to stumble upon in life. So without further ado, I'm going to stop talking because obviously I'm not talking very well today. And here we are. Welcome to the Just Being Honest podcast. We're diving in deep. Guys, it's go time. Um, here we are. We're just jumping in. We're diving in deep. You, did you record? Did you record? Uh, guess what? We're recording. We're recording. <laughs> no. Okay. So, guys, this always happens whenever I have a guest on the show that we just, like, hit it off and I literally turn on the screen and we just start talking and jabbering and I'm like that is so good why am I not recording this right now I just push record so here we are welcome to episode number 186 of the just being honest podcast this is your host KB your lifestyle designer your mindset coach your intuitive healer here we are and guess what when we're recording this day um it is Friday the 13th so, yeah, so get your googly pants on because we are in for a wild ride. Um, actually, no. So my my next guest, um, you can probably hear her in the background. She is just like a light of energy. We actually just spoke yesterday for a long, long time. If you follow me on Instagram, you uh, may have seen that, you know, I was talking a little bit about how long we talked for and how invigorating and how amazing it was. And here we are again. And we could probably talk for so much more time and just keep on going. Um, And that's exactly why I have her on the show today. So you guys are not going to want to miss a beat of this episode. Um, I'm going to let her introduce herself a little more in depth. But um, let's just say I'm excited that she's on. So without further ado, I have Miss Carrie and the coolest last name, guys. Get ready for this hummingbird on the show carrie hummingbird welcome to the just being honest podcast oh thank you kb i'm so excited to be here and like i was just saying to you i feel the energy shifting and now all of a sudden i feel like it's go time you know so you know i've been on this epic long journey in this life i'm 52 and if you would asked me five years ago do i think i'd be doing what i'm doing now maybe 10 years ago definitely not 15 years ago no way you know 20 years ago uh uh and and here i am and this is the you know that's the mystery that's the part of the journey that's such a mystery and it the mystery is like keeps unfolding for me you know it's like as i say yes to the present moment as i say yes to what's unfolding as i say yes to the lesson in front of me as i say yes to the challenge and right in my face and like, oh, wow, this is expanding me. This is growing me. What is this bringing me? It's like, I always find something new to be in awe about. And that shift is what I, I want to bring to people more than anything. Cause I know what it feels like to be sort of stuck. And I know what it feels like to be, you know, in psychotherapy week after week, after week, after week, and wondering why things aren't getting better and wondering why I don't feel great and wondering why I feel depressed and wondering why my relationship is so challenging. And, going, this is not what I thought it was going to be like. I thought it was supposed to be like happy and loving and connected and all of this stuff that didn't seem to materialize based on, you know, the standard get the job and get the money and have the kids and the 2.5 and all that. It didn't work the way for me and not for a lot of people either. So anyway, 
So I'm on the other side of that. And now I'm like living this mystery. And it's like, it's like surfing the energies, like surfing the energies. And sometimes when you surf, you're like, it's, it's dead on the water, you know, and I'm not an avid surfer, you know, so this is just totally a metaphor I'm pulling out of my, you know, out of the realms. But it's like, there's sometimes where there's just a quiet and there's just like, there's an undercurrent. You can sort of feel like things are moving under the water, like things are shifting, things are vibrationally changing and you can sense that it's massive, whatever is changing. And, but on the level of the water, it might look kind of like nothing really is going on, you know, not too much happening. And then all of a sudden some swell happens, right? And then there's this major tidal wave that you can like ride all the way to some destination. You don't even know you want to go. And I feel like that's the moment we're in right now. It's mm. like this, this internment under the surface, like this discomfort, like people sort of like hanging out in their homes or inside themselves, getting really uncomfortable with everything that's going on around them. And, and then having their own like contraction, recoil, like inwards experience. And collectively, I think it's because we're about to have like a major change. We're about to really shift things up. And I can just now today started seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. It's like, oh, there it is. Like, it's right there. Like, it's just within reach. I can feel it coming. Yeah. Um, so if you guys don't know what we're talking about, I think Carrie and I are both subconsciously always talking to each other. But <laughs> I think we are kind of implying that, you know, we are all up leveling. And, you know, we were stuck inside for the COVID, the pandemic, uh, the political turmoil, everything that was going on, uh, we felt isolated, stuck, depressed, down, what is my life worth, you know, what the heck, I'm not going to try to cast, but what is going on here? I, I swear, something's going to come out, but anyways, what is going on here? And then we had that time, we had that time to purge everything from our house, relationships, what have you. And now, as I spoke with my mom yesterday, well, guess what? Pony up. We're getting carrying up for COVID 2.0. And, um, and, you know, this is what my thought is. I had that little inkling, Carrie, in the back of my head of, oh, no. Like, it was fear challenging me and fear saying, like, here we go again. Let's get you stuck inside and take you down. But then I literally, with a metal bat, came out and said, Oh, no, no, no fear. I choose love. And also, oh, no, no fear. I've got my tools in my toolboxes. I know how to handle this. You know, I know what to do now in this sort of situation this time. And I think that's the challenge that we're all kind of like um, set up to. You know, we've been faced with some of the biggest challenges of our lives. You know, death right in front of us. And um, and it really challenges you like, here's the lesson again. So what path are you going to take? Um, I'm going to kind of jump back a little bit because we just really dive, dove in. Oh, yeah, in. we dove right into the center of the conversation oh, we started yeah. yesterday on my podcast. <laughs> I know. Guys, and I'm going to tell you when I'm on Carrie's podcast, you'll have to jump over to her page and listen to it as well. Um, that it just was, means I need to get it done and get it out there. <laughs> I know. So here's the thing. We're not going to be talking about necessarily the same thing, which is great. It's just going to be us talking again. But I do kind of want to jump back and give a little bit of history about kind of what your childhood upbringing was like um, so people can kind of get to know you and see how you kind of sprouted into who you are today or how you um, came out of your cocoon into that beautiful butterfly that you are today and how you were 
kind of just um, transformed into the line of service. I don't like to say work. I really don't. I'm sick of that, guys. I'm sick of people saying, what's your job? You know, no surface talk here in my books, guys. How are you serving? You know, like, how did you get there? So, so give us the little, little scoop on that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, I'll start where I am today. So today I'm a soul guide. I'm a number one international best-selling author. I've got one book called The Second Wave that's been on the charts for over 150 weeks probably by now. i got to go look at the stats again and see how many weeks it's been. It's been a while. Um, and the new book, Love is Fear is Healing the Mother Wound. So that's mm. kind of – that's who I am today. And I lead groups. I initiate people into um, Incan shamanism from Peru and I train people on how to you know connect with earth medicine in that way in that shamanic way Um, now who did I start off being a little child in Dallas who was born into uh, my mother who was from Midwest Texas and had moved to the big city and was getting away from a lot of religious programming in uh, Midwest Texas Um, uh, from my grandmother, who was very devoutly Southern Baptist, and uh, married uh, my mom married this man who was um, really it was the sixties. I was born in nineteen sixty nine, so you know summer of love and all the hippie stuff and that was going on. And my mom was like, "Wow, this is really interesting," and got with this guy, never thinking that she would get pregnant and have a child because she was told she really was not capable of bearing children. So then, so that sets up you know the first my inception. My inception point is right there, you know, this this quandary over, like, uh, what do I believe about the world? Am I going to embrace love or am I going to go in fear? And uh, so my mom realized pretty quickly after she got pregnant with me that um, that wasn't going to be a very conducive partnership for raising a child because he had a lot of um, traumas himself from his own upbringing that were going to lead him um, to molest me. I mean, that's basically what was going to happen. So she left him and she got, you know – she thought in a better situation because appearances can be deceiving. Uh, married somebody that seemed like a really great guy and had a good income and seemed really steady. And when I got home with him and were kind of nestled in there, uh, found out that he was a violent drunk. Hmm. And not only that, but he, he liked to exert dominance over my mother. Hmm. And the way to do it would be to punish her anytime that I uh, bothered him as a toddler. So... So that, that set up some early patterns in my relationship with my mother where, you know, the, the words that I had to heal was me and mommy. Because why? Because she had to make me be quiet in order to not upset him in order to keep from being beaten. So these are the, you know, it's like an early beginning in how people manipulate one another through dominance, fear, and control. And um, that that set up a lot of my life. But luckily for me, and also planned out and divine, I believe. Um, my mother met uh, my stepdad, who the man that raised me from five years old on when I was five. And, you know, this man is the kind of man when he walks in the room, people want to hear what he has to say. He has, he has just like the aura of wisdom. And he's like the alpha dog, like the loving alpha dog. Like he sits down on the couch and all the dogs are like piled up on top of him. <laughs> Can't get close enough to him. Um, my dad was that kind of guy. He passed away a few years ago. Um, but this is the man that raised me and really helped me to start healing those patterns um, that I learned in early childhood to be fearful, to be afraid of playing because playing made noise and noise created danger, you know, things like that. I was very introverted for a long time. And I started learning how to use my voice. And uh, so ultimately, my, my journey has been healing, you know, 
those patterns um, from my early childhood wounding and, and learning how to step more and more into my voice and into my power and speak my truth from a place of love and compassion and also to be able to own my journey completely as it's been and honor my mom, you know, for the role she played in helping me to become the person I was supposed to be. So there's so much in that conversation. And I want to say that, you know, everything is part of your journey. Even if it seems like it was a waste of time or it was the wrong direction or it didn't work out or why did I do that? Because that was just, you know, that's caused more suffering, whatever it is. All of that has to do with the soul's curriculum and the life journey that you're here to actually embody and experience. And we just keep getting layers of realization on top of that when we start getting curious that explain even more what what was going on and why it was going on. And I just got another one of those pieces last week. Mm-hmm. Like seriously, last week in a conversation, I realized that this woman says to me, well, you know, when somebody is going to come into a lifetime and step into a path of mastery, you know, in a, in a shamanic healer sense, like in being the hollow bone, then their lifetime has to have a dedicated several decades at least worth inquiry into how their mind works. And all of a sudden, my jaw was on the floor, like, oh, so I had to learn how my mind works. So I had this setup so I could experience that and figure out how my mind works over two decades of weekly psychotherapy sessions. No wonder I went through that. It starts to make sense. Mm -hmm. And that's what I love about the journey. It's like the unfolding of it. What were you saying the soul's... um... The soul's path. That's how I can break it down. But The soul's curriculum. The soul's curriculum. I love that because it's so true. And you can see it even in like the literature, the books that you've written. You know, like you were hushed. You were, I want to say, you were shut up for so many times, right? Um, You know, be quiet. And I I do want to kind of dive in about um, Love is Fierce. Um, because I do have a lot of questions about the mo- healing the mother wound. And, you know, you, you know, were brought into this world where your mom, in turn, you know, started off really trying to get you away from a certain relationship to protect you. But then in turn went into another relationship where you protecting her, she got abused. You know, it was all kind of interesting how the tables were turned. So that being said, when you were finally able to open up your mouth, you had a lot to say and you started writing it all down. You've written some amazing books. And so I do kind of, can we just kind of pivot for a moment and talk about healing the mother wound since you obviously, that has been a huge thing within your life that has brought you into your current day's soul's curriculum. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the biggest turning point for me in that conversation was, um, there's so many things to say here. Let me back up. One of the things is realization. So realization happens over time and layers are peeled back as your soul is ready for those layers to be peeled back. So for me, for a long time, I thought the conversation was, there was just something broken in me. Like, I thought that was the conversation. I thought there was something wrong with me because that message was reinforced over and over and over again. We're so worried about Carrie. What's wrong with her? Why does she act this way? You know, how come she's suicidal? How come da-da-da? There's something wrong with Carrie. Let's go, like, figure out what's wrong with her. So my initial foray into psychotherapy, that 20 years, was basically about figuring out what was wrong with me that made me unpalatable to other people. (laughs) Like, 
Why was I so hard to be around? And, you know, what had to be healed in me that was the problem for everybody else? That was basically the conversation. And when I got tired of that conversation and, and I started acting out, you know, as any person would, you know, if you spend any amount of time lingering in the conversation of you're the problem to other people, eventually you'll sort of, you know, be defiant and be like, fine, you know, I'll be the problem to other people. Screw you. You know, like, that's fine. I am a problem. You know, so I kind of went through that phase. And then I got through that phase and I was like, this is this. I'm not mo I'm not modeling for my kids how to be a good person in this moment. Like I went through a couple years like that where my kids were small and I was like, this is incompatible. Like, you know, this kind of journey would have been fine if I was taking this at 20, but this is not okay. Now that I've got two little kids, I have got to figure myself out. Like I was called up into being an actual mother, not just a woman who gave birth, but like a mother. And when that happened, I, I made some executive decisions. I said, okay, I'm leaving this relationship because whatever is going on here isn't healing and it's, it's 20 years and it's not fixed. It's not working and it's getting worse. So I'm leaving this relationship and I'm going to stop the psychotherapy because, you know, I've done this for 20 years and it's not working. So I'm going to stop. And what happened was this other door opened. So I got free, I got liberated and I started doing a deeper inquiry. So I didn't know the conversation was about the mother wound. I didn't even know it was about my inner child healing from psychotherapy. Like I got none of that from that, that 20 years. Not to say that anybody out there couldn't get that. I didn't get it. It was part of my journey that whoever I hired wasn't able to bring me to that place. Right. So I'm not saying all psychotherapists are useless, but please don't hear that. I'm just saying that for me, that wasn't, it didn't get me deep enough into understanding myself. Mm -hmm. So when I made that shift, what happened immediately was I started realizing that I had a subconscious and that my subconscious was, was, un, was controlling me. Like it was leading my life. And not only that, but it, that subconscious had programming. And I had inherited that programming from the time I was born. Things that happened that I, my little child brain made connections and created a story around. And then the story just built and snowballed. Um, experiences I had that were traumatic that got stuck in my body. And all of those things also combined with this realization that I wasn't one thing because I always thought it was one thing. Like I thought I was one thing. It was solid. It was called Carrie. And then you were one thing called KB. And then we would view a situation that happened and it was one solid thing. And so if you didn't see what I saw, you were lying. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What I think is most of the world, right? Yeah. I had to switch out of that. I realized, wait a second, I'm not one thing. I'm like a billion things. I don't even know what they all are. They're operating me somehow. And who am I underneath all those billion things? Who am I really? And I began that inquiry. And in that inquiry started this process of seeing, like peeling back the layers like I talked about, right? Like, oh, my inner child. Oh, this abusive stepfather. Oh, this molesting, you know, natural father. Oh, it's, you know, and like, and then the last place was my mother. Crap. And I'd always been so loyal because my mom, I always saw my mom as a hero. I always saw my mom as someone who rescued me, who did her best to protect me, even when she felt powerless. I always saw my mom as a hero. 
So to go to that space of going, I've been wounded by my mother was so hard. And it wasn't the full story. So I just want to pause on that because it is hard to go to that space to like kind of tell on your mom or to like, you know, it, it feels icky to even say it, you know, because it's there's so much loyalty we can have for our parents, especially for our mother, like the woman who gave you birth, like she gave you life. She brought you into the world. Like to have judgment of her is is a hard thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree on that. Um, you know, so let me just interject in saying that it's kind of a complicated situation, as you mentioned, the mother wound, because it's almost like that hidden puzzle piece that really does click and put everything together about what one is going through. And, you know, I'm not judging anyone. Someone out there might be saying, oh my gosh, no, my life, my parents, like we had a great relationship. But let me tell you, everyone has something, no matter what it is, no matter how it's the way a word usage, you know, you know, someone had said something to you many of times, everything is ingrained into you. You know, everyone has something to work on. But I mean, I'm just going to say for the longest amount of times, yes, I know I, I, I have some father issues, but everyone always assumes it's daddy issues, right? But in the end, it's a lot of the times, sometimes mommy issues because we are with our mothers in her womb for longer. We are a part of her, you know? Um, we're a part of our grandmother, you know, before we even were born. Um, so it's those matriarchal um, wounds, I guess you could say, ancestral traumas. And I, I, guys, I'm not trying to like put this out there and say trauma, like, oh my gosh, everything is so daunting and da da da. But I'm really just trying to like open up and Carrie and I both are just trying to open up all of our eyes and say like, wow, these are actually gifts (laughs) that we can grow upon. And this is how we can individually shape ourselves. And that's why we do the work that we do with others, because we want to help you guys see and come to the conscious self and really come to light. Because yes, we could certainly float around (laughs) in our unconscious mind half asleep all day long, make decisions on autopilot that are not serving us. But that's not what we were put here to do, right? We will not. Exactly. Yeah, we won't find our, our serving point, right? And, you know, Carrie um, and I both agree on to the point, and this is why I love her so much, is that, you know, we have that commonality of unicorn children, star seeds, not from, <laughs> not from this earth. And I think that's because we do question. We do question like what's beyond. We do question the everyday. Am I invisible? You know, do people even witness that I am here? Because we are those like <laughs> light workers that are like behind the scenes, you know? It's real fun. But also at times, I mean, it's it's fun, but you know, you really have to put forth the effort to protect yourself energetically because there's a lot going on, especially nowadays. Am I right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the second wave is the first book I wrote that I mentioned. 
that that's the one that's been on the charts for so long. That book is really about the process we're in right now. I'm 52. My, uh, my, my youngest son is 18. I believe we are all part of the second wave. So that's the, that's sort of like the age range you could sort of be looking at and see where, you, you know, where you might fit. Um, but if you've been a person that's had lots and lots of traumas that you've experienced in your lifetime, and, um, certainly if you've been a person that feels like you, you're sober and you just walked into a room where everyone's drunk and acting really strangely, you don't understand why they're doing that. That's also a sign you're part of the second wave. It's like, it's like when you have in your heart, this awareness, like love is not like this. Like, why is it being handled this way? Like it's, it's like that questioning aspect be, and that, that inner light that drives you to find a solution when somebody's telling you an answer, but you're not willing to accept that, like that answer. You're like, well, that's not the answer. Actually, I'm going to keep going deeper. I'm going to probe it. I'm going to provoke it. I'm going to go around it. I'm going to look under it. And I'm not just going to accept at face value what you're telling me. That's, that's also part of the second wave. And you could use the word disruptor. So, you know, we're here to disrupt the conformity that's been going on this planet that's locked people into cycles of trauma and abuse. And we're here to, um, you know, to heal. And, and healing is not avoiding triggers. So I want to say that, like, if anybody wants, is like, I'm out of this conversation. This conversation just got provoking. I don't like it. I feel negative energy. This feels uncomfortable. Then my invitation is to stay in the conversation because you're in the right place. Like if stuff's mm. getting stirred up, awesome. Because that means it's going to get healed. It's going to get healed when it gets stirred up. Yeah, that's, I'm totally on that page as well. Like <laughs> people would say like, oh my gosh. I'm triggered, you know, and then they're like, I'm out, like, I don't like this feeling, same thing that, that you just said, and it's like, no, 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 wait, 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 we don't want to live in that, like, positive patty all the time, because then, you know, I had this friend that's always, like, he could, like, hear it in my, in my voice sometimes, like, like, and he didn't want to deal with the conflict, or, you know, hear me say something like, oh, I need to talk about this event, and, like, something, you know, really made me upset, and he, he would just say, be happy, and I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> like, be happy? Like, no. And it's not like I wanted to, like, you know, combat that. But, it, guys, it's true. It's like you can't just say, oh, but turn the page. Be happy. You know, it's like, wait, wait, no, no, no. Why am I feeling this way? Where is this rooting from? And how can I, like, feel it to heal it? You know, like, how can I go through the storm? As you said, like, go underwater, feel the current. I'm a swimmer, guys. You know that. And go underwater, feel the force, feel the resistance, and then break the surface and start swimming. Yes. Exactly. That's why, you know, this conversation is one of those conversations, like healing the mother wound, like admitting that maybe your mom ignored you when you were a child and that caused some psychological propensity for you to not feel witnessed or loved or heard. You know, um, this isn't about mother shaming. So I want to say that too. Yeah. Like, this is not about mother shaming. It's actually so much more profound than that. Let me just give a glimpse into how profound this conversation actually is. This is the conversation about how you learned as a child to take care of and mother yourself. So if you are experiencing inside of yourself things that are similar to what you experienced from your mother and you don't like it, then this is the opportunity to actually like scrub that wound and start looking inside to see what associations did my brain start to make that told me love was like A when actually I want love to be like B. And it's just, it's actually a very 
logical process and it brings up lots of emotions because emotions get trapped in the body. And, you know, the thing is like, I know from being a mother because I have two sons and I have two stepkids. Um, I know that there's no way I'm going to, um, like get through mothering my children and have them never, ever feel bad about how I mothered them. It's impossible. And so that's not the goal. Actually, the goal is not to like, prevent all wounding and never ever like do anything, you know, just like, like refine yourself into a little corner where you're perfect and nobody ever gets upset with you, right? Like that is what causes women to get twisted up in knots inside. They can't even take a step forward and don't even breathe. Like take a breath right now, seriously, take a breath in your belly and let it expand. Because... Yeah. We stop breathing when this conversation comes up. Let's take mm. another breath. It's okay to claim your ground. Yes. Like the more okay we make it to be in opposition to our experience to say, well, I didn't like the way you did that or it made me feel this way or I'm really feeling bad or I don't like this or that. The more we actually allow ourselves to be in that space without staying there, just feeling it to heal it, the more we liberate our relationships. Like I liberated my relationship with my 18 year old. I was not okay with him having any negative perception of me whatsoever. And I was so guarding against that being true. And just because, um, you know, my, my husband is very helpful on a soul level to help me address my problems, <laughs> you know, the, the curriculum, he would, he kept pressing in and saying bad things about me to my, my kid, like that I was abusing him and he had, you know, he had support from his, his new wife and all of this, right? So like things that you should never say to a child, he was saying, I couldn't fight it. I couldn't stop it. There was nothing I could do. And I wanted to be so angry and project all that anger out, right? Like be like, how could you do this? How could you do that? You know, you're, you're trying to challenge my image as a perfect mother. Like it's not right. You can't do that. When actually the work was different, the work was for me to receive my son's impressions and how he felt without taking it personally and not taking it on, but just let him speak to me. Like, I feel really, you know, everyone's saying you're abusing me and I'm feeling, you know, I'm feeling abused. Or I'm feeling like you're not hearing me. I'm feeling like you're not listening. I'm feeling like this and that. And I go, I hear you. I feel you feeling that it hurts my heart. Tell me more. Mm -hmm. I'm listening. Tell me more. What's going on for you? What's coming up? Let's feel it to heal it together. I know you guys are loving this episode so much, but I just wanted to boop, jump in really quick to tell you some breaking news. Guys, I'm eating cereal again. Yeah, yeah. No, but hold on. Listen, hear me out. It's not that trashy cereal that's just basically a bowl of sugar. This is like real food. This is like real ingredients. One, two, three, four, five. I just counted five ingredients that I know exactly what it is. I know where it comes from. Cassava flour, collagen, coconut, coconut oil, sea salt. Yes, from Love Bird Food. Guys, I love this stuff. If you heard the episode with the founder, Parker Brooks, um, you're gonna have to go listen to that one more time. But guess what? 20% of profit given to Fight 
childhood cancer. I mean, I think I would eat three boxes a day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So if you guys wanna try out a healthier version, it's grain-free cereal. Head on over to the show notes. The discount is right there, or maybe you're a little bit more anxious. You can just go to um, the website right now and type in code HONEST10 for 10% off. And also, make sure you check the show notes for more discounts on brands that I fully support. Remember, I'm a stickler. I don't just support any brand out there. I do the vetting all for you because I want your lifestyle to be designed with wellness and health in mind. All right, back to the show because we have plenty more to talk about. You know, and instead of like holding my you know, my perfectionist Facebook, we have the perfect family, you know, look at us, we're perfect face. No, it's like, maybe I did step on you, your toes a little bit. Maybe there was something I could have done differently. Maybe I need to learn from you as well as you learn from me. And the only way I'm going to know that is if I'm willing to have the conversation. And the only space that, you know, we can really do that in is when we're willing to heal the mother wounds. So it's really about that. Yeah, so I don't have any human children. (laughs) I have a dog. But still, that gives me a lot of practice with like caring and nurturing for something. But I was a human mother, substitute, whatever. I'm an aunt to four coming five kids. And I had my 10-year-old niece out here in California for, she just left the other day. And she was here for two weeks. I drove her across the country here. And I had a huge role. And I saw my mother come out and me on a couple of situations. And I literally was like, oh, my gosh. I shook my finger. Like, you know, I did these things. And I, I thought to myself, okay, I know a lot here. I know what I didn't like. Also, my the way my mother raised me and the way and the life that I live in now and how much knowledge I know um, just about like child psychology, it's like there's a different way around this. So this was my test. These The past two weeks was my test to really be conscious about the words that I use and about the tone that I use them in. You know, it's about creating an idea and it's not about being the quote unquote cool aunt, you know, because I definitely had to put my foot down in a lot of situations and I had to basically, you know, tell it to her straight. You know, I think one of the things that, and I saw other people doing it to her. I just, every time I talked to her, I just remembered myself as a 10 year old and being like, no, I knew a lot when I was 10, a lot. And I had a lot of responsibilities. I had a lot of responsibilities. You know, that 10 is a pivotal age where we're really coming into our womanhood. And I just remember seeing a lot of people, you know, around town or whatever, talking to her, like bending down like she was a little infant, you know, like, hi, honey. And and she's like looking at them like, what? You know, like, like <laughs> I, are you kidding me? Like, I know more. And so basically, like, I had my time to practice to, yeah, obviously, I want to preserve her innocence because I love her. But, you know, I had to just tell it to her straight and just say, like, 
you know, if I saw something on the street, because I am so not passionate about the teenagers today, <laughs> and some of, I mean, there's a lot of good ones, don't get me wrong, but I'm just, I just I don't know. <laughs> I just don't know about these people that want to be influencers and are just flaunting their bodies and talking about all this stuff for money, you know, or to be seen. And it's like, in all reality, like, What's going on? Why do you want to be seen so badly? And so I basically would just tell her and I'd say, hey, look, you know, trying to act that way or show yourself that way or being rude in that way, that's not a cool thing. Like, that's not a cool thing. The, the coolest thing in the world is to be yourself, like wholeheartedly be yourself, speak your mind you know, and um, my mom had told me something, you know, the other day about the little one's journey or whatever back to Kansas because they went back and and I guess she had said something to my mother and my mother was like, I was crushed, crushed by it. And I said, yes, but mom, we shouldn't want to put our younger civilians or whatever into a box. We don't want to put words into their mouth of what they should be thinking. We, we don't want them to say that they had a great time when they really didn't have a great time or that they loved something and they really didn't love something. It goes to the same of what would they be conditioned or patterned to do when they become a 20-year-old something woman and they're in an abusive relationship and someone's like, oh, but do you, you love him, but you love him. And they're like, yeah, I do love him even though he's abusing me, you know? It's the same exact thing. I know. So anyways, long story short, I got my mother test. It's hard. <laughs> it's hard to be a mother. Even to, even to a child that's not yours. But she's it's a, a part of me. Thing. Yeah. So anyways, um, got off on a tangent. Well, it's, you know, it's the mastery path. You know, when you have to care for another human being that you're intrinsically attached to, you know, like biologically connected. The umbilical cord is always there. Like moms oh. can tap into their kids at any time, okay? That's one of the reasons why it's it feels so pressing or invasive when you're around, you know, a powerful mother is because you feel them. Like you like I could always feel my mom's energy. My mom has always had like a big energy to her and and she's just thinks she's being, you know, just supportive and she doesn't she never saw herself as having a lot of power and and yet but she could say one thing to me and it would decimate me like I would just be like crying and upset that's because I needed to heal the mother wound so it's like what is healing the mother wound it's like it's noticing those things like you were talking about like noticing you were you know you were you were doing this well you were doing the you know shaking your finger pointing your finger because that's what you do to yourself you're only showing the person how you mother yourself when you mother them that way. Mm. And so that's the trick is to start to get the, like, oh, even if you don't have biological kids yet, just start noticing, like, how do you, what are your judgments about other people? What are the things where you say they shouldn't be like this or they should be like that? That's some more healing. That's something you're, con that's a dialogue that's going on inside of your head. And sure, like right now, generationally we have a lot of disruptors on the planet right now and disruptors are very interesting because their function is to show you who you're actually have been culturally or you specifically in the places that you don't like 
right? That you don't want to be that. Like Trump showed us all a lot of stuff, right? I mean, I'm sorry if there's any Trump supporters, but you know, Trump was very controversial. Why? Because he showed us many of the paradigms that we, many of us dislike about the patriarchy. He showed us tons of those, you know, he's just like constantly just day after day revealing more of those to us. And it made us uncomfortable and we could go into judgment. Either that or if you resonate with that, you'd be like, yeah, this is great. Like I see myself in this guy. So there's like shadow work involves two aspects. It involves the dark shadow, which is a thing you deny about yourself, that you judge in others and you like other it, like you put that thing out there, like that thing I don't like, it's not in here, it's out there. And light shadowing is when you like something and you're like that person right there, I agree with that. And you like sort of idolize, you know, something in somebody else. So shadow work is about learning how to discern what are you, are you doing like some deep shadow or something you're avoiding and you're projecting out? Or is there something that you like because it looks like you and it resonates with what you like about yourself? In any regard, all of this stuff is about what you like about yourself and what you don't like about yourself, whether it's happening on the inside or, you know, in your niece. Yeah. Well, because I mean, everything that we're a part of, everything that we're in, you know, relationship, you know, any energy that comes into our life is a direct reflection of us. So it's all work that has to be done or has to be seen, you know? I mean, it's just like, um, you know, when I was driving across the country, before I did it, I was like, oh, I don't have time to do this, you know? Like, but why? Yeah, of course I have time to do this because this is the biggest work that I have to do on myself, you know? the biggest amount of time. And it was so insightful, you know? It was the best thing I could ever do with me and my dog's relationship, you know? Because I was so restrictive of her because I live in a small little spot and I have no grass around me. It was the best thing to allow us to be free, to run in open grass, whatever, you know? It was such a big test. But there are those, like, shadow works within those little journeys, too, you know? Um... So I love that you bring that up. I just love that. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of shadow work. And I feel like as though when you take the steam, like the, I'm like a steamer. I'm like a steam cooker, right? So you just like turn me up a little bit. You like give me a little taste of it. And then it's like, here we go, baby. And like, I just want more. I just want to learn more. I want to dive in deeper. I want to try this. I want to try that. I mean, like yesterday, um, guys, I see a therapist and which I think I'm, huge proponent of therapists. And if your counselor's not seeing a therapist, you should probably recommend they see a therapist too. But um, anyways, we were like doing all the things yesterday. We were doing like karmic, karma cleanses. We were doing uh, EMDR. You know, I, I've been doing art therapy with mother wounds, you know. And it's just, I mean, it's just like one of those things. It's like explore, guys. This is your time to explore. Like we have so many tests that are coming up in the world. And um, as I said, COVID 2.0, this is a huge, another test coming our way. So it's just like play, figure out who you are. And I'm not like trying to say, figure out who you are. But like as cliche as it sounds, like we're here to do the work and we're here to see each other do the work as well and to stir that pot. Yeah, we can learn a lot from each other. And, you know, that the mother figure is the is like a projection screen, you know? So for the child <coughs> and for the spouse, because, you know, your relationship with your intimate partner is also 
<laughs> is also a relationship with your mommy or your daddy. I mean, that's kind of until you heal that inner space, that's what it is. So you're attracting to you whatever paradigm didn't get healed when you were a child. So like something got instigated, some question about love and relationships got instigated, and then you choose an intimate partner to help you go the next level on that lesson. Just like I'll just say for myself, um, you know, my mom was always uh, very confrontive. Like she's she likes a good argument. Like she loves to get into a good debate. She's always writing letters to all the Congress people and telling them what she thinks. You know, <laughs> she's not afraid to speak. Like she's out there with her voice. And um, you know, I I always felt sort of mm, I was a very sensitive child, and so I always felt sort of uh, scared and bowled over by that. Like that felt like I didn't have room for me to speak in the middle of all of her speaking. So where am I going to have my ground to speak? It wasn't really her job to be quieter so that I could feel comfortable in speaking. That was my challenge that I took on as a soul, to be with somebody so powerful in her speaking that I would have to learn how to claim my space. So since I didn't learn it from her, I got married to somebody who did that to me too for you know, 20 years, right? With badger and badger and badger and badger and poke and poke and prod and criticize and all, you know, like... All the time. It was like a maddening, right? This person. And uh, my relationship, thankfully, now is not like that. I have a new partner. But I've learned that lesson. And I don't need to keep having it happen to me because I learned how to hold my ground. I learned how to find the truth of myself inside of me. I learned how to love myself through it. I learned how to hold my inner child and hold all of me, own the journey I took. And I learned how to stand my ground. And it's not about like making somebody else wrong anymore. I'm not involved in that right and wrong game, the blame game, the shame game. I don't play any of those games because it's not the truth. The truth is that, you know, my mother and my former spouse are, you know, divine beings who agreed to have a soul contract with me to put the pressure on so hard that I would turn myself into a diamond <laughs> in response to it, right? That's like those intimate relationships that really provoke you. It's okay to take a break. Like if that, if it's getting too intense and you need to get out of there to just clear your head and like integrate, you know, I like to call that integration, like integrate those lessons that this person's teaching you. Totally fine. People come on my list, they'll stay for a while and then they got to go integrate, you know, so they sometimes they go off and then they come back on later. I understand that because I'm one of those provokers. I'm one of those people that calls up you know, a greater refinement of energy. And while that seems like a wonderful thing, like I'm going to ascend my consciousness, I'm going to be like the best version of me, I'm going to claim my power, all these things seem like really great, you want to do it. And the reality of it is that the inner experience can be like, you know, can be like that grit forming the pearl inside an oyster. That is uncomfortable. That's like sandpaper sometimes. That's not the most comfortable space to be in. It's not a sound bath, no. you know, although we could do some sound baths on the process, right? But like facing that inner stuff is the hardest thing we could possibly ever do. And it is the fast path to awakening and self-mastery and sovereignty. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. So we could go on and on and on. And we have so much more. We're going to have to have you back onto the show again uh, because you're always creating. You always have something in motion. But I do want to ask you before we let you go, 
Um, what is your honest truth that has helped you maintain success in a healthy lifestyle? That's my question. Here we go. My honest truth. My honest truth is whenever I want to say that somebody else is doing something and judge it, I bring it back to myself. So case in point, throughout COVID, I'll confess, throughout COVID, I was like, from my light body training and all this, I was like, well, you just have to be immune. You just have to be healthy and have a healthy immune system and eat the right foods and drink enough water and exercise and get out in nature and all this kind of stuff. And at home, I was comfort eating. I was eating cookies and dessert every day. I was eating fried food because my husband loves fried food. Um, I was not taking my supplements. I was barely drinking enough water and I didn't get on an exercise that much because I was told to be still. In my, you know, my higher guidance was like, you just need to be still, just be still. And so I put out like 40 pounds in doing all that. Now, I don't regret that journey because what I've learned on the other side of it is now that I'm cleaning out my microbiome, now that I'm, you know, going at a second pass of this because I've already been through this in my training. It's like the second level deeper of the training, it embodies more. It's like, oh, that's what mitochondria are. Oh, that's why that's important. Oh, that's why I don't want to eat sugar. Oh, that's why I haven't been feeling good. Oh, that's why the brain fog's there. It's like that embodiment. Mm -hmm. So I'll confess that, you know, I'm still in the process. I'm still learning. I'm happy to help. I'm going to send you some great <laughs> recipes. So Please do. I will. For sure. You might be like, oh, I'm not sure. I had one client. She's like, I just don't like kale. I'm like, I can make you like kale. Seriously. <laughs> so anyways, um, where can everyone find you? Where can everyone get your books and study up on you and um, see what retreats you have coming up, events, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah, like if Peru is calling your heart, you know, definitely check out my website because we do retreats to Peru. It's uh, carriehummingbird.com. That's K-E-R-R-I, hummingbird, K-E-R-R-I, hummingbird.com. And if you want to play a game with me, it's called the Love Mastery Game. And you can download it at carriehummingbird.com forward slash play. Mm, I'm going to play. It's Friday, it's baby. Historical. Yeah, awesome. Okay, well, you know what, honey? It was so great to have you on the show. You are a true soul sister. I love it. And guys, I hope you enjoyed this podcast episode. Um, I know it's very helpful for a lot of your friends, your family members out there, maybe maybe your mother. <laughs> so maybe you can pass this along. Just uh send the share button right up there. And you know, if you feel called to, please rate and review the show over on Apple iTunes. All right. Until next time, it's been an honor. It's been a pleasure. Kiss, kiss, hug, hug, peace, love. Ciao. Literally, what a gem of a moment was that? I mean, I feel like I was like floating on air the entire time during that conversation. And I get so much out of just connecting soulfully with someone else that's on the same frequency as I. So guys, if you want to find out more information about Carrie's retreats, events, her work style, which is similar to mine, but very different than mine, um, all the information is in the show notes. Again, guys, if you found that this episode really just was profound to you and you feel like that a friend or family member would just thrive on hearing this, guess what? 
you can go ahead and share it. Um, just hit the share button, send it to a friend or a family member, have a conversation about it, have a conversation about any of our episodes. And lastly, I wanted to offer you guys your first um lifestyle coaching session with me absolutely free so we can focus on mindset coaching growth mindset um whatever you are kind of going through all of my practices are completely custom yes i have a strategic little system that i start off with but guys i'm here for you so let's see if we mesh together if we work well together and i'm giving you a first free session absolutely free no strings attached okay so if you're interested in that, hit me up on my Instagram at justbeinghonestkb or feel free to send me an email at katherine at justbeinghonest.com. I look forward to meeting you and helping you get you on the path that you knew you always were meant to be on. All right. Until next time. Thanks for joining in. <laughs>